Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Good morning to everyone. That was fantastic. What a great morning so far. It has been spectacular. Um, Hopefully, and this is what I love, Uh, Royce, I love coming up here and doing that. Man, that was great. I mean, you just hear that and it's just, it softens your heart, right? I mean, you're just listening to that. Um, The songs have been super powerful. Hopefully, again, we're we're hearing those words, right? This is going to go right into what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to be talking about worship, all right? Um, But before we do that, um, let's just continue just... What I'd love for you to do right now, I, I don't know what's like in your brain this morning. I don't know how your day has been so far. I don't know how your week has been, your month, your school. I don't know. Uh, some of you, this may be the greatest time and some of you may be really hurting and really like this is a really rough time. Uh, but really what I want us to do now is, man, take a deep breath. Uh, and and it, this is a time for you to pray where you are, okay? Um, this is a time, I feel like this is so important uh, because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, a guy can come on up here and, and, and give a presentation and read the Word of God and all of these things, but I, I feel like there's a miracle in what we hear oftentimes, and we have to have that conversation with God, though, all right? And sometimes it's, we don't always get that chance corporately to do that, to just have a quiet prayer time and just like lay your heart out in front of Jesus, just talk to me, speak to me. I really do believe that, these, that miracles happen. It's, it's interesting because I've done this, I ha- I've had this happen to me before, um, where I've preached a sermon and I've been talking with somebody during the week and they said, well, here's this thing that you said that I thought was really, really great. And I was like, man, I don't think I said that, you know, but I'm, con- and they're like, no, this actually like really affected my heart. And I'm like, because Listen, God opened your ears to hear, right? In spite of me, right? I mean, hey, this, I could be a walking blooper reel. I mean, that's for sure, okay? So we want to just, just Jesus come and speak to us what we, want, what we need to hear, what we want to hear. Just what we want to hear right now. <laughs> um, but, but it's this idea of let's have that conversation. So take a second right where you are. Just kind of have a quiet time of prayer, and then we'll move ahead. Father, thanks for bringing us here today. Thanks for this great uh, place that you let us um, that you let us come together in. Uh, I pray, Father, please open our ears. Um, I, I want to hear your voice, God. I want your Holy Spirit to fill us. I want uh, I just want you to be manifested powerfully, God. Um, I pray not just that that will happen to us that 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 will be individually affected, Father, but. Um, and we just live in a messed up world, and, and we want to be able to communicate your message um, clearly, God, in a way that uh, draws people to you, not to us. Uh, Father, I just pray that we learn that, train our hearts, soften our hearts. There's, there's sin inside of us, God. Uh, please, sometimes it just we don't see it. Show it to us. Uh, Father, thank you for the gift of repentance. 
Thank you for that, Father. Uh, thanks that you love us so much, God, that there isn't, there isn't a single thing, God. I love this, that we, that we could do that would make you love us more right now. I love that. Thank you so much, and we pray this in your name. Amen. So this year, um, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're, we're in our like year of renewal. And again, I'd be curious, um, hopefully there are a lot of kind of in-between kind of conversations going on between everyone, because this is one of those topics that you just kind of, you lay out there, and the Holy Spirit is just going to, man, work in, in the ways that needs to be worked in you and your family, uh, in your apartments, it, whatever it is, right? And so we've been talking about this because of the need for renewal. And I don't know about you, uh, I, I need renewal constantly, okay? If there's, if there's one thing that, that it seems like can be our tagline oftentimes is I'm tired, I'm worn out. Right. Because the world, that's what the world is meant to do. The world is meant and and God even gave us bodies with like a finite amount of energy and then we have to recharge them. And and, and I know we oftentimes think, no, 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 God, you were wrong. I shouldn't need sleep. Right. But that's that's not true. Okay, he did that on purpose. He didn't mess up. He knew that we were going to have to have a number of hours of sleep at night. Okay, that didn't thwart his plan. Um, But spiritual renewal is different than physical renewal. All right, and, and that's a greater need, that we're renewed spiritually, that we're revived, refreshed spiritually. And it may be something that's just, you know, you're even listening going, man, I don't need renewal. I need to become new, okay? That's, that's a starting point, okay, is, is this idea of th- that's renewal as well, okay? When we're made new in Christ, when our sins are washed away, we're renewed to what he built us to be, Okay? So this is what we're getting into. Um, Patrick, man, what a great sermon last week. That was so good of just this idea of renewing our desire. And I loved, you know, what I kept hearing all week. Um, there was this, there was this um, kind of theme that Patrick kept talking about. And if you want to hear the sermon, you can go on to the podcast and you can listen to it. Um, but it was this idea of we can get ourselves really even spiritually busy. A lot of times that can even be what the health of a church is based on. Like, how busy are people? How many events do you have? How many, like, programs do you have? And all these things. And it's really been fantastic because over the past four, five, six months, there really has been, like, this momentum being gained. And there's been repentance. And there's been, like, some really amazing, miraculous things happening. And I really appreciated Patrick coming up here going, hey, you want to know what? As we get moving, it's very easy for God to go, hey, I'm over here. Like, don't forget about me. Right. Isn't that our our first instinct oftentimes is to do that is, okay, God, we have this now. I got this. All right. That's our first instinct. And so I I loved it, Pat. That was just really, really good. Kind of bringing us back to that. It jogged kind of my thoughts to write about 75 sermons this week on. I don't even know which one I'm going to preach yet. Okay, Um, but I know I was like, listen, kind of going into that. I, I was thinking to myself like this idea of worship. Right. Is this idea of of how do we renew our desire? And then it's that idea of going, man, I wonder if I would be considered a worshiper of God. Right. I wonder if 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 Jesus were to come and plop himself right next to me in a coffee shop, if he would if he would say, you Keith, you worship me well. 
And I'm going, you know what? I don't know if I've answered that question in a long time. I think I'm a passive worshiper in many respects, right? Is, is I have narrowed, and it, it's interesting in the Bible, the term worship that we use is actually a very broad, like there's a number of words in the Bible, okay? It's not just this narrow, like worship is what we do on Sunday morning. No, no, no. There, there's parts of worship, the words that mean to praise and to speak out and to speak out loudly and all of these things. And that certainly is what can go on when we are here corporately. But there's so much to worship that's not in here. In fact, the most, most of our worship is going to happen not in here. <laughs> okay? And, and so that's why, you know, going back and, and I was just thinking, you know, how grateful are you just, you know, th- this Bible that we have. You know, I, I don't know if you've got a paper Bible in front of you or, or your, your app or whatever, but when I look at this, when I pick this up and I'm going, man, here's a library of books, of 66 individual books that tell this continual story, right? This seamless kind of story about God and his people, about this idea of not just sin. I know sometimes our first instinct is to go, man, yeah, the first thing that happened is we fell. No, 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 no. The first thing that happened is God created and it was good. All right, that's the starting point we have to come to, okay, if we're going to worship. Because a lot of times, if, we're, if, if we start as Genesis 3 Christians, then our worship is just like, God, let me get you to like me. Okay? You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, just, I've messed up. I've fallen. Let me get you to like me. Rather than this idea of coming to worship as Genesis 1, of the Creator who said, this is good. And, and I made people, and it was good, right? And, and so, the, you know, just thinking about these things, and I was going, man, there's such a theme throughout all 66 books that teach me and you how to worship well. But again, we, we've got to broaden. We've got to kind of see how the Word of God uses this. Um, I, I think as I was kind of going through it, I thought, you know, one of the first, one of the first memories that, that I kind of think of in Genesis is Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. And, and it's really interesting because, you know, we have to realize Abraham didn't have teachers before him. Okay, uh, we, we have the benefit of generations and generations. And gen- we have the benefit of knowing that the apostles lived and wrote and all these things. We have the benefit of knowing the Old Testament and the prophets. Abraham didn't. And what's really fascinating is God said, here, go take your son who you love. And I want you to go and sacrifice him to me. And it's really fascinating because when Abraham was taking Isaac in Genesis 22, a way to go and like strap him down to this altar, he told his guys that were with him, we're going to worship, then we'll come back. There's this instinct inside of us, like Abraham understood, this is, we're going to worship right now. And then it's fascinating because throughout the book of Exodus, and you see God spends hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years teaching people that, uh, you don't know what, worship includes sacrifice. Could you imagine, could you put yourself back in Israel and you're going around and everywhere you went, you carried like the ark with you? And the ark was the presence of God. And then they sat it down and they made this tabernacle and this altar. And you just saw thousands and thousands and thousands of sacrifice. And he was teaching us, hey, worship and sacrifice go hand in hand. 
right? It, it isn't just words that you say. They absolutely, and he spent hundreds of years. Could you imagine hearing the same lesson over and over? At what point would you go, okay, we got it. Okay, we, we, we get it. And, and what's fascinating, we jump into the New Testament, and Jesus met this really interesting lady, this Samaritan woman at the well. And they get into a worship kind of thing, and she's like, well, you Jews say you worship here. We say we worship here, and that's really where the rubber met the road, because Jesus is like, hold up a minute. Let, let me tweak this. All of these years of teaching about worship and sacrifice, let me now teach you something. Worship is not about the place you go. It's who you are. It's worship in spirit and truth, right? It is how you live your life. It truly is discipleship and worship going hand in hand, right? And, and so it's really, it's fascinating because when we view God even as a teacher, what a lesson from a 30,000 foot view across the Bible to see that, okay, hey, here's what worship is. Worship and sacrifice go hand in hand. Worship is costly. One of my favorite things is in 2 Samuel. Um, David was commanded, listen, you need to go and, and sacrifice. You need to have some offerings uh, to stop this plague. And, and David went and found the place he was supposed to. And he offered to buy the threshing floor of this guy. He said, let me buy this because this is where I need to worship and sacrifice. This is where this has to happen. And the guy says, no, you have it. You take it for free. It's for God. He said, I refuse to offer anything to God on something that costs me nothing. All right. Worship is costly. And that brings us all the way up even to this day, right? This idea of Palm Sunday, this Jesus entering into Jerusalem. One of the things me and you all agree on is that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that is, boy, we look at that, we're like, wow, that is the whole ball game. Almost. That Jesus went and it cost him his life. That Jesus died on a cross, right? That, that he rose again, okay? And, and we get a chance to come in here and sing songs and affirm that and agree with that and think about that. And oftentimes even our own Christianity can even kind of devolve into just like little sayings. Well, the, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Absolutely. But we've got to start going, hold on a minute. What, what does he mean? And what was the purpose of all of this? All right. And then finally, Paul even tells us, he comes all the way back around and he says in Romans 12, he says, here's what I want you to do. Don't conform to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. And he says, here's the deal. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, stop for one second. Do you think, you don't, you have to answer out loud, okay? But, but do you think in your head, like when you hear that, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship, right? There's this complete circle here of teaching, 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 worship, sacrifice, costliness, it's at a place, but now it's not at a place, it's with humanity, it's with his people. And then he says, now here's the deal. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, here, do you stop in your mind? Do you stop and go, thank you, God, for that? Okay, Th this is where we start missing worship. Is because that right there is such good news. And it can be so painful at the same time. 
I, I urge you, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Okay, that doesn't just mean our fit. That means you mean you mean my dreams. You mean my way, my, my hold on now, my opinions. Like, really? Because here's the thing is, is, is I think oftentimes we're like, no, I like the dead part because he makes me into a new creation. But I like to keep my old opinions. Uh, you know, it, it, it's sad. It's sad to see. You know, Christians fighting with each with everybody and and we've elevated opinion to the level of an above of God's word. Right. Instead of going, hey, hold on a minute, let's be real. Let's worship. Which what really means is bow down. Humble ourselves. okay? And and so it's it's this idea here of of of. of worshiping God and, and really um, thinking through this of urge. Did I offer my body? Am I? That, that's a continual thing. I have to continue to remember that. Let's dig into a few things here, though. OK, um, we've been talking about this, but. I love this quote here. I don't know who um, said it, so I'll take credit. <laughs> the question isn't whether it's not whether we worship, but what we worship. This is of significance for us, okay? Because we we cannot we can't say no 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 yeah I kind of default to worship God. It's like no this is actually a decision, right? This can be something we can go into a bad place. But every one of us, when we leave this room and and we go out, everyone's a worshiper of something. There there's a bowing down, there's a submission and a surrender to. Worship is our response to whatever we value most in life. Wow, think about that for a second. Worship is our response to whatever we value most in life. So the, I, I hear questions like that, and I'm constantly, like in my imagination, I oftentimes think, and when I pray, I try to pray this way, is that, okay, Jesus, come and sit right in front of me. Okay? And look me square in the eye. Now, I want you to think about that. (laughs) Okay. Jesus is like, you know, hey, Keith, come here. Look me right in the eye, man. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you value me more than anything? How how many of us will go, I can't look you in the eye anymore? Okay. Have you ever been like as a kid? I remember this. um, And my kids fall for this sometimes is... Have you ever, like, like your parents knew you did something wrong, but you didn't know they knew? Have you ever been in that situation before? And they're like, hey, um, what's happening? Uh, how, was, how was school today? And, you know, I got suspended, let's say, or something. Or I was in the, oh, no, it was, it was great, I think. Like, you're kind of like, what do you know? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. This is really tough when that happens, when you know Man, no, I, it wasn't good. Here's what ends up happening, okay? That's not a completely bad thing for us to go. Jesus is going, hey, come here, you know, sit down, look me in the eye. You know, picture with Michael, going, Michael, come here, look me in the eye, man. You, listen, dude, I love you. I love you. I died for you. You got to know that. Okay, but, you know, or Lauren, we'll pick on a lot of different people. Do you value me more than everything? 
That's a, that's a question we need to ask ourselves here if we're going to worship well. Jesus said it, Matthew 4, quoting Isaiah, right? Remember what Satan said? Come and worship me. Has Satan stopped saying that today? Isn't that that interesting? And he doesn't come in the form of like, you know, whatever. You pick your, you know, person or whoever we think that is these days. But we're talking about Satan. Is this bold or what, man? Like, I will go to Jesus and say, worship me. How do you think it's going to be for us? Right? How do you not know that that's not happening right now to you? How do you know that the circumstances that are happening in your life isn't saying, going, hey, listen, it can be all over in a second if you just worship me. Like, bow down to my authority. Okay? Wow, that's crazy. But Jesus is very clear. Don't, we don't, you don't worship or bow down to anyone. Okay? And, and that's the conviction. If Jesus is going to teach a lesson to us, and we were to ask him, say, Jesus, you know, can we, are there things that we can worship as well? No, absolutely not. All right. Worship this bowing down, submission to, praising, grateful, like raising your hands in submission. Okay. And so it is probably going to require me and you. And, and I'm not kidding you here. There, there's some of you in here, you're thinking, I'm the worst person in the world. Like, I am so bad, and this is just making me feel worse. Okay, let let me tell you, um, here's the deal. Listen, lift your eyes up a little bit, take a deep breath. You aren't the worst, okay? Let me tell you that. Okay, well, how do you know, Keith? Because we know people, all right? And then there's some of you going, man, if everyone could be more like me, uh, if you're thinking right now, yeah, I've been, I'm glad Keith is talking about worship. Man, I've been telling people all along, they need to worship better. You know, just kind of high and mighty, like looking down on everybody, okay? And, and go, hold up a minute. Let's take an honest assessment, okay? Now, here's the great thing. No one will know what's going on in your head. You can be honest, all right? I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but we worship what we love, right? So if, if you have, like if you're taking notes or something, this is, this is not like scientific, okay? I'm just like putting, this is, I'm just giving you my notes. I'm just giving you like, hey, what does Keith do to like identify this in himself? Well, what do I put my time towards? All right. Now, now this will happen immediately, and that's a good thing, okay? So years and years and years ago, when I worked as an athletic trainer, somebody would come in with an injury, and almost every time, I knew exactly where I could push and make it hurt. Okay? And I knew what their response would be. Somebody comes in, man, I hurt my knee. How'd you hurt it? You did this. I know I can push right here. It's going to hurt. And you're going to jump. Okay? Here's the other thing, too. We're going to put some things up here, and I know you're going to jump. Because you're going to go, my time? But, but uh, so, you, I'm not supposed to work? But what did my boss ask? And we start immediately. And here's what I want you to say. You know, it's, it's okay to hate me and be angry at me and think I'm a dummy and all of these things. But once you're done having that thought, shift it over. Go, go okay, hey, Jesus, uh, because here's honesty right here. Okay. If my time is completely taken up with my job, that was my choice. <laughs> okay. That's not a Keith problem. That's not anybody else's problem. 
That's not a, because what it, what it comes out to is, is we go, God, let me order my life the way I want it. And then if anyone says anything about how I use my time, it's because they're unreasonable. And, and I ask people all the time, I'm like, here, seriously, man, is what's wrong with like just working an hourly job? <laughs> like we think that's the worst thing in the world. Somebody asked me that when I was, they said, Keith, what if, man, my, I wanted so desperately to work in professional sports. Somebody says, well, well, what if in order to be a disciple, you have worked McDonald's the rest of your life? <laughs> really? Like, do you know who you're talking to? I got a degree. I got a master's degree. <laughs> you're crazy. Except you know who was crazy? Me for not considering it. I'm the crazy one. All right. But here's I'm just saying this because we jump and we get defensive. Well, I got to pay my rent. Well, listen, you chose the apartment you're living in. You chose the house you're living in. All right. This is what happens. And this is why we don't worship well, because we worship other things. And we go, man, I'm going to go and buy this thing. And it's got payments like crazy. And then I'm going to go, man, you know, what's crazy, man. I can't be generous to anyone like my money's all used. But no one made you buy that thing. No one did. Okay, and so this is where the rubber meets the road. We're going to go, hold on a minute. My time, my effort, my heart. And here's the thing, man. You know, if you've played on a team before, you know when your teammates' hearts are in it. Right? Man, even if you have played on a team, if you're at work, or you know whose hearts are in it. And you know whose hearts are in other things. It's very clear in a community, okay? And so it's the idea of us going, oh man, I'm just horrible and I'm rotten. It's like, no, no, no. Again, this is the beautiful thing. Jesus is not saying to me and you, work harder, be better, okay? He's saying, come here, surrender to me. Like, let me guide your life, okay? All right, that's the thing. And you're going, you mean I could, I could not have the life I dreamt to have and at the end of all things, I could go, that was the greatest thing ever. That's how it's supposed to be, okay? That's how, like, people are supposed to see that in the church, all right? Is this idea of, like, man, you sold property? You did this? You did what? You don't have, you know, you, you stopped this and you, you didn't go, man, you know, it's, it's crazy because you hear this oftentimes where, like, it always inspires me. You know, there have been even campus students that have said, like, man, the major I have right now is taking everything I have. I've got to change it. You know, and, and you're going, oh, man, you want to talk about the rubber meeting the road? You're going, oh, man, this is real right here. OK, our time. We worship what we love. We put our time and our effort and our heart into it. OK, so it might be our home. It might be our things. Right. Uh, we worship what our attention is on. Okay, so um, what, what our attention might be on is what we think about all the time. And it can be a lot of things, right? Oftentimes our attention can be what we don't have yet. Ever had that before? What we don't have yet is most appealing. Right? And so my attention can be on that thing. Right? I, I, man, when I was a kid and I started, like my parents started teaching me how to use money. And they're like, here you go, you get like $3 a week. This was like, let me tell you, man, I had a neighbor that had me mow their lawn when I was like this big. And it was like this four acre yard, it felt like. And she's like, here's three bucks. <laughs> I'm like, there's laws against this, right? 
I'm like, come on, man. I'd use my own gas, too. That's crazy. She's watching. Oh, man. And we'll talk later. Three bucks. My parents said, here's what you do with your money. You, you have a, a giving, you have a savings, and you have a spending. Okay, that's how they started. And I remember thinking, man, there was a G.I. Joe action figure. Okay, for real. And it was the dreadnoughts. And it was this. It was this, like, swamp thing. And I was like, that was $13 at JCPenney's. And I was like, I want that so bad. I want that thing so bad, man. And I saved up for it. And my attention was on it. I was like, whatever I can do to get it. And I remember coming home from JCPenney's. I still remember the feeling of that thing. Right? And, and, and I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. But my attention was on this thing completely. All right? What our attention is on is what we worship, okay? What our concerns surround. I wonder sometimes, life is full of concerns. What I'm not saying is if, you know, what, but I have family who is sick, who's in need, who's a, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. I'm not saying, hey, don't be concerned. Not at all, right? Life is full of concerns, right? But it's this idea of, is my mentality a concern as far as like how Jesus is in this picture with my family member? Meaning like, I'm concerned, can I be the servant I need to be in my family? Can, can I have the endurance and the courage, no matter what happens, to be the man that God created me to be? Like there's concerns, concerns about, but what if, what if I have friends that I don't get to proclaim the gospel to? Instead of like concerns, like our normal concerns, right? Like just worldly concerns, you know? Man, I, I, I bought a pair of new tennis shoes on Amazon and I, it concerns me that they don't send me the right product, you know? And then you go, it's no big deal. <laughs> Who cares? Like, I'm not going to worry about that in any way at all, okay? Uh, you know what we worship? We, we, we know what we're worshiping because we fight, defend, and uphold the honor of what we worship. All right? South, Car South Carolina Gamecocks are the best football team in college. <laughs> all right? Trevor Lawrence was not very good at quarterback. He fooled everyone. Okay? Everyone but Florida State University cheated last year. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Here's the deal. I know we're polite here. <laughs> we're polite. We're like, but I'm going to tell you, you could set some blood boiling when you start talking about these things. I'm going to uphold the honor of my people. <laughs> I don't care how they are. I will uphold the honor. Hey, here's the deal, right? Is we, we have got to be really, really serious. Say hey, sports are great. College is great. This is the greatest college town in the world. And my view, right, is here, okay? But, but here's the deal. Um, man, we can be happily just worshiping something. Man, when your blood starts boiling, when you're fighting with people, when you're like the apologetics for like whatever your recruiting is or, or you have to know like who you have to know who's, who's like, you know, famous. Go, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, because here's the deal. There's a lot of folks, um, my, my experience in working with co college athletics is, um, is that many, 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 many 
um, athletes, particularly very um, like um, popular athletes, very rarely get reached out to because we're worshiping them, right? Okay, so, so it's, it's that idea of, uh, you guys are aware of this, right? Is the Dave Ross, who's the manager of the Chicago Cubs, uh, the disciple down in Tallahassee, right? And so you have the manager of the Chicago Cubs come in, right? The first thing people are like, oh my goodness, it's him, or Charlie Ward, or whoever. Oh my goodness, oh, let's be super nice to them. Come on, man, really? Like, you're just a person, and they get that. Here's the interesting thing. They know that because almost every one of their relationships are with people who want something from them. Okay? They, most people just want to say they know them. Okay? But when we're worshiping them, you know what we'll never do? We'll never challenge them. We'll just assume whatever you say is truth. And, and you know, I'm going, no, 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 listen. <laughs> okay? What we see on the playing field is not the character of people. It just didn't. Okay? And so here, here's the deal, is what we worship, okay? And so if, it, if, if in fact in my mind I'm thinking, oh, man, uh, we're going to bring Dabo in here, and we're going to give him like, oh, come here because you're awesome. And that's actually what Jesus said don't do. <laughs> there shouldn't be favoritism like that, but there is. That happens when we're worshiping the wrong thing, Right? I hope, you know, there's probably like people going, why does he hate Clemson so much? No, I love Clemson. Okay. But hey, I got to pick the scab that's in front of me. Right. I mean, it's just it's that thing where it's like you got to kind of scratch away at that. Uh, we obey what we worship. Our dreams and schemes are centered on what we worship. Right. Everything we're dreaming of. Man, we got TV shows centered around this. Right. Of what you dream your home will be like. Right? What you dream your vacation will be like. What you dream your, your spouse will be like. We have all of these like just dreams coming up and going, man, you want to know what? My dreams and schemes, I, I want them for me. If Jesus was talking to me, he would say, here's the dream and the scheme. Okay? Love everyone the same way I love you. And tell them about me. <laughs> okay? That's the dream and the scheme right there of Jesus. Okay? So, hey, enough of that. How about that? Let's start getting into right here, uh, kind of like digging into this so we can do something about it, okay? Is um, here's an interesting uh, idea that somebody put into my head, okay? Is inside of every one of us, there's room for a throne and a cross. All right. and, and, and by the way, if as you were looking at that list, it didn't pop into your head that I or you may very well be the thing we worship, like us, all right, what we want, what we dream, and all these things. In everyone, there's room for one throne and one cross. Now, now here's the crazy thing, okay? You, you kind of envision that in your brain. You're going, okay, there's a throne. That means king. There's a cross. That means like sacrifice and death and all these things. Whichever one I'm on, Jesus is on the other. So when I'm king, <laughs> Jesus is still hanging on the cross, man. Just hanging on the cross. Because I'm king. Right? It, that's got to be reversed. Offer my body as a living sacrifice. Like our altar now is the cross. <laughs> okay? There's room in here for this. So here's the deal. Me and you right here, just real, we've got to dethrone ourselves. 
I don't know what all those other like little idols we have and stuff, but here's what I'm pretty sure. Me and you have this in common. We like being on the throne of our lives. So we got to figure out, okay, okay. Like here's the prayer. Jesus dethrone me. Come on, help me out with this here. Okay, this is not where we want to be. Good, well-meaning people that want to follow Jesus, we end up finding ourselves on the, even on the throne. Okay, so there's not like we're talking all together here, okay? So, so let that just sink for one second. Land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> right? There is nothing we grab onto and hold onto more as Americans than our rights. Okay? Are those a good thing for a country? Absolutely. Okay? I always find it weird when people are like, no, man, I don't, I don't like my country and all this. I'm like, really? I like the rights I have. <laughs> I, I like my country, <laughs> you know? But I don't have to worship. I'm glad I'm not a part of that, that, the world's kingdom. But here's the deal. This might be the toughest thing, and I'm not kidding you. This can't be solved right now. Th- this is solved when a few people at a time start getting together and studying the Bible and praying and start helping each other make decisions. To go, hold on a minute. I, I need help from people to say, Keith, I don't know if you're, you're talking to me about your rights. And, and I think when we're on the cross, like my rights have gone away. Okay. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Th- this is what this sounds like, okay? Because you're going, eh, I don't know. What, is, what does something like that sound like? And, and if you've gone to church for any amount of time, um, man, you have learned, I have learned how to say the Christian thing, yeah. right? Some people are less Christianese, right? You know what to say, and it sounds wonderful. And the better you can speak it to other folks that go to church, the more we fool each other. Man, I'm, I'm just, boy, that, that, I read the Bible, and that really humbled me out. You're going, what are you going to say to that? I mean, I think what we should say sometimes is, Really? Like, that sounds great that you would say that. But Christian sayings aren't going to cut this. Okay, this is what this sounds like. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. Paul says this. Although I'm a free man and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. Okay, so Paul acknowledges his freedom in Christ. His, I, I acknowledge that. I am free. And now because of that, I willingly surrender and become a slave to all. Why? So, so some can be one. So God gets to win people, right? That, that's what we get lost oftentimes is we forget this. And so it goes on. He says to the Jews, I became like a Jew. Why? To win the Jews, to those under the law, like under the law, though I myself am not. So I can win those under the law to those who are without the law, like one without the law, not being without God's law, but within Christ's law to win those without the law to the weak. I become weak in order to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that I may be by every possible means save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel 
so I may become a partner in its benefits. Isn't that fascinating? Because a couple weeks ago when we talked about the gospel of the kingdom, we talked about the benefits of the gospel. And oftentimes we just, we, we worship the benefits. Paul is saying, here's what, because of the gospel of the kingdom, this is what I do. My question is this, and, and again, I'm plopping myself right here in front of you, is, is you know, will I, do I, would me and Paul say the same thing together? Okay, now, now again, use the truth serum, right? Jesus sitting right in front of you. And to be honest with you, this right here can seem really, really like a drag. <laughs> right? You know why? Because the throne feels good. The throne is a wonderful place to be. Right? It really, really does. So when someone says, buddy, you got to come and get down off the throne, we're like, no, I don't want to do that. Okay? And this right here, this verse, may expose our hearts more than ever to know who are we worshiping. This may expose it. Because to look at this, Paul says, this is because of the good news. Like, Paul is like, yeah, I'm all in on this. My heart is all in on this. He says, because of the gospel that I'm doing this. This is taking up his time, his effort, his energy, his attention. Every part of this. And you're going, well, you know, we get all kind of weirded out when we start talking about disciple making in a church. But you know what's funny is I didn't feel weird when somebody was helping me become a disciple. (laughs) I mean, let me tell you, when I was visiting church and I wasn't a Christian and I'm listening to the preacher preach, there was no time I was like, hey, can you just tell people not to help me so much? I'm like, y'all be weird. I need help. I'm going to hell. Okay. And so I'm like, when I was on the receiving end, I was kind of okay. It's really funny how it flip flops. Then we become disciples and we're like, hey, back off on that, man. Don't be weird. I didn't mind you being weird when it was me, though. Okay. And so anyway, this is what it sounds like. Right. Romans 8, we read a couple weeks ago. Um, the section where, where it says we cry out, Abba, Father. Do you remember that? Abba. And we go, that's Daddy. That, that's daddy, right? Yes, absolutely, but it means something. It's not just daddy, it's daddy, I'm here. I'm attentive to you, okay? That's what we can do in our life. Da- okay, I'm here, Abba, I'm here. Not just like, hey, it's cool to call you daddy. Where, what can I do? How can I be? I want to be a slave to everyone, all right? This is worship. This is what we're talking about here, right? Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Okay. That is the anthem of a worshiper. All right. That, that is one of those things just runs through my I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then we're going to finish up right here. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2. So Philippians 2 gives us this idea of really what we're trying to shoot for here. Um, there's this theological term. And it's called 
cruciformity. Okay. What that means is, is that we are formed to live a cross-shaped life. All right. That, that's worship, that we live a cross-shaped life. And here's where he says this, okay? Philippians 2, uh, when we're told, be like Jesus, okay? This is as simple as it gets. This is how we worship well. Verse 5, chapter 2, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage, okay? Like we stop right there and go, oh, okay, then you know what that helps me to do? To stop whining to God when I don't get something. <laughs> All right. But here's the deal. Petitions, prayers, requests, lay them out there. Okay. But we don't whine. <laughs> okay. We don't whine. But you do. No, 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 no. Hey, we don't. Whatever God has given me, it's not, I don't use it to my advantage. Okay. Because Jesus said he didn't. Instead, he emptied himself. By assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he came as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. All right. So, so here's the thing. If I'm like walking around and going, what does it look like? Okay, Keith, empty yourself. Empty yourself. Like, like you've got to get, because here's the deal. It's not like, it's not like um, Eastern philosophy emptying myself. It said the Holy Spirit can fill me. Okay, and, and here's the deal. As, as Christian, when we say Christian, disciple, we have to remember this is who we're following. This is what he did. Exactly what he did. He emptied himself. He humbled himself. He became obedient. You know, we looked at all those things. Man, he, here's the deal is, is this is how we worship well. We live a cross-shaped life. Now, when it comes to the throne part, getting us off of it this will challenge your friendships <laughs> okay don't be surprised if somebody brings something to you and says hey let me offer this up let's talk about this i see this in your life don't be surprised th that we would go what no way heck no i don't see the no no see when we're on the throne we don't see things <laughs> we need each other this is what we need each other. And sometimes we get surprised when our friends offend us. <laughs> we, we get surprised. Because we're like, why would you do that? We're supposed to be Christians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's me, the Holy Spirit working through one another to help us live this cross-shaped life of going, hey, okay, move out of the throne, you know, and, and come on down here. All right. Th this, is, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. What are we going to do with this? Here, what, here's what my advice would be. Is you can't let today go by without like grabbing onto somebody and going, hold on a minute. We've got to kind of like work through this right here. Like and have a talk and, have, and, and pray about this. Right before it kind of cools down and we wake up and it's Monday. Right. It is, that's kind of the messiness that's going to be required. I know that sometimes you're like, man, but I want to go to church and you give me like three things and I go away feeling better you know but this is real like this is really following Jesus